It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins and our Director of Research Ryan McGrady. Well, he's on load management today, a little bit of a uh, scheduling conflict, so he won't be here. But the McNuggies, they live on. Drew, you were back from across the pond. A, I, I believe it, a turbulent flight on the way there, on the way back. Are you okay? You had a little fever? You've been battling through it, bud. How you doing? Yeah, man. Uh, four days in Frankfurt, Germany. I'm doing good. 20-hour travel day yesterday, followed by a, a three-hour drive this morning. Um, but I went, I saw, now I'm back and uh, gearing up for right, we're like right into early signing period. I feel like every time we talk about it, it's getting just closer and closer. If you guys are wondering why Andrew was in Europe, he was out there covering the road to D1 combine over 150 international prospects from all over the world. Andrew, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but let's get right into it. We're going to start with a new segment. It's called One Little Thing. So whatever pops into the head of me or Andrew Ivins and Ryan McGrady from over the weekend, we'll talk about that, Drew. I'm going to start with Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, is this Nick Saban's best coaching job yet? In Tuscaloosa, that is 17 years. So that is a big question, Drew. I'm going to say it is one of his best. I don't know if it is his best, but I think it's one of the best top three when you consider Alabama two new coordinators, both sides of the ball. Tommy Reese coming over from Notre Dame, Kevin Steele coming over from Miami. A lot of question marks about both those hires. The season kind of gets off to a rough start. You lose to Texas week two by 10-plus points. South Florida the next week. You bring in Ty Simpson. You bring in Tyler Buckner. You don't know where Jalen Milrose sits. Drew, they go back to the drawing board after that game. They have been really good. Big performance against a top 15 team in LSU. Beat them 42-28 to at home. Hold LSU Jaden Daniels, who was knocked out of that game in the fourth quarter with 11 minutes left, to only seven points in the second half. And Ryan McGrady, I know he's not here, but I'm going to read off some McNuggies with the win. How about this? Head coach Nick Saban surpassed former Georgia head coach Vince Dooley. For the second most SEC wins at one school with 202 saving trails, only former Alabama legendary coach Paul Bear Bryant with 224 SEC victories. He's also two wins away from 10-plus wins for the 16th consecutive season. Absolutely wild stat. And, Drew, you talked about it. We're going to talk about recruiting here in a second. 74 blue-chip players on the 2023 roster. That's the most in the FBS. 11 blue-chip commitments in the 2024 class. 10 top 247 commitments in the same class as well. Drew, I kind of think about it. it. It's crazy to read the stat 
of 74 blue chip prospects. That's more than anybody else in the country. And I look back at some of these Alabama teams, and for, for some reason I think to myself, I know they're talented, but I don't know if they're as talented as they have been in the past. That's kind of the other thing that kind of jumps up to me. Then you think about Jalen Milrow. How about some of the names of the quarterback position? Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, all since 2016. So, Drew, you, you enter Jalen Milrow. This is the first time in a long time. The quarterback room's been a little bit shaky. I mean, this guy at 72, man, I don't think he's running out of gas at all. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Rounding into form is kind of the word that comes to mind for me early on in the season. All these questions about Alabama and the quarterback position now in the thick of the schedule, getting closer and closer to when it really counts, right? You know, potential SEC championship game, potential college football playoff. I mean, I think it says a lot about the guys on his staff in that building. I mean, you, you mentioned Jaron Milrow's monster game. Um, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback, remember the rumors when it, it seemed like the Crimson Tide, we're going to get him. It's like, why were we doubting, uh, the, the empire, right? Darth Vader there, uh, Nick Saban. So that, that I, I would agree with that for your one little thing. Next three at Kentucky, Tennessee, Chattanooga, and then Auburn to round it out for Alabama, who is firmly in the mix for a CFP. Drew, I, I kind of tie this one little thing to, if they can win the West in the SEC, go to the SEC championship. If you would have asked me in the beginning of the year if this team could match up with Georgia, I think we all know they have the skill. The quarterback position was the biggest question mark. The way Jalen Milrow is playing, I think Alabama certainly has a shot. Drew, I'm guessing that your one little thing has to do with your trip to Europe. It's a lot of things, right? <laughs> you know, not only did I get to go over there for the uh, P PPI, so Brandon Collier does an excellent job there of – of kind of gathering all the international talent. So they did a combine on Friday that went for about, I think, six hours. They tested the kids, and then uh, they had an international bowl on Saturday. I wrapped up my weekend. I was in Frankfurt for the, the Chiefs-Dolphins game. That was quite the experience, Cooper, just seeing how Europeans react to uh, American football. But my one little thing is there is talent over the pond, right? And three guys I really want to highlight. The one you're seeing doing the L drill right here, that is Alabama linebacker commit Justin Okunronko. Been practicing that one all on the flight back. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people want to know about Justin, right? Is he ready to play in the SEC? And I think that's going to be the big question mark for him. This is a kid that grew up playing soccer. He was a, it was a goalie, uh, has an extensive gymnastics background, but he has found the game of football. He's been playing in the German youth system and he was originally committed to Maryland, um, wanted a little bit more. So he toured the United States again, and then he worked out for the Crimson Tide and they were ready to sign him up. So it was impressive just getting to hang out with him. Coop, I thought what was interesting about my conversation with Justin is uh, well, Alabama's going to make a bowl game, right? So he's going to participate in bowl practices. And I think that's that's huge for him from a developmental standpoint. This is a kid that, you know, I think he was 6'6 six, six, six in the three-cone drill. That's an elite time. Um, and I know they were doing it with, with the hand stopwatches. But we've gotten some numbers on him on the past. And he's a guy that can change directions like few others. Now, I think with Justin, hey, how is he going to be able to read and react to different – 
um, SEC defenses, you know, are the instincts there for a guy that's only been playing football for three years? I don't know. But from an athletic standpoint, uh, he's a freak. And that's why he was on the freaks list. The other guy I want to talk about, Noel Portenagin. He is a Florida commit, right? And just getting a chance to see him, you know, they didn't really have a roster available right when this thing uh, started, but he was an instant eye catcher, over six foot five, over 330 pounds. He's got a crazy background in hip hop dancing. I knew that coming in, uh, but I got a chance to spend some time in the well. And I said, you know, what's this, this dancing stuff? Cause if you go on YouTube and you search his name, there's some, uh, he's in some dance battles. Well, his family has owned a dancing studio, um, for his really his ent- entire life. So his first 15 years, he was dancing, Uh, And then he found football. He spent this past fall and summer playing in the top German division. It's called the GFL, German Football League. Uh, And there's 20-year-olds, there's 22-year-olds, there's 26-year-olds. I mean, that is, it's like the NFL for uh, Germany. And he actually played for a team that made the German Bowl, which is like the Super Bowl. I think just getting a chance to watch him move around. I mean, obviously, he's a burly offensive lineman of that size, but you can see those dancing moves show up. He's got quick feet, uh, a ton of power to unlock. He said Billy Napier compared him to Osiris Torrance, who was the Gators draft pick last year, now starting for the Buffalo Bills. So those two SEC talents, like they're there in Germany. And then really, I think the big eye catcher is this Valden Sone kid, 2027 defensive lineman out of Sweden. Uh, He was excellent during one-on-ones. This is a kid that took a bus 18 hours to get to Frankfurt, Germany to work out. And it paid off because as soon as that camp went uh, concluded, Texas A&M had offered him a scholarship. So a fun event, learned a lot, uh, experienced a lot, saw a lot, Coop. There was in, in Europe, the fans just wear jerseys of whoever. Like I, we saw 31 of 32 uh, NFL teams. Someone was wearing one of their jerseys. I think the the highlight for me, and I tweeted this out. I'm in, in line to go to the bathroom. The guy's wearing a Brian Hartline Dolphins jersey. I'm like, hey, do you know Brian Hartline? He's like, who? I'm like, man, he's one of the top recruiters in all of college football and one of the top coaches. And he, he was just clueless, this German gentleman. So probably awesome like, time overseas. Yeah. Like, get away from me, man. Who, who are you talking about? Was Heartline <laughs> a Miami Dolphins Heartline jersey? Was that the most random jersey you saw? I, I have to imagine there was a plethora of just random throwbacks out there. Yeah, I, I was trying to keep a list. Um, the one that really made me laugh is we're getting on the train and there was like a Hendon Hooker, Tennessee jersey. I'm like, <laughs> like, where does this stem from? Like, this isn't even the NFL. Very eclectic. I love that, Drew. Also, great job on the pronunciations. Andrew Ivins covering it coast to coast, uh, continent to continent as well, going all the way over to Europe. Just a reminder, you are tuned in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with Andrew Ivins and Cooper Patanga every Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. If you're watching with us right now, make sure to smash that subscribe button. Also, if you can give us a like as well. This is pre-recorded earlier in the day. I will be in the chat. So if you have any questions For tomorrow's show, we're going to try to work in a little bit of Q&A for Andrew and Ryan McGrady and myself. So make sure to get those questions in there. Now, Drew, it's time for Team of the Week. I know that uh, it's hard to watch college football in Europe, so I I did a little bit of the work for you. But I'm going to start off. I'm going to go with Arizona. How about Arizona and Jed Fish? 
Three straight wins against three ranked opponents. They get their latest one against UCLA, 27-10 to 10 in the desert. And Drew, Arizona, if you look, bowl eligible for the first time since 2017. Shout out Ryan McGrady on the McNuggies here. Jed Fish has 11 wins in the last two seasons. Arizona had 10 wins in the previous four seasons combined. Like I said, just defeated a top 25 team for the third straight game for the first time in program history. So that is something there as well. Four top 247 commits in the first two-plus cycles. Number 22 ranked recruiting class in 2022. We're starting to see the fruits of the labor there as well. And the number one all-time recruit and four-star Tatoria McMillan. 15 receiving touchdowns. That's third most in the Pac-12 over the last two years. Drew, I, I get excited thinking about Noah Fafidi, and you think about – Arizona in that 2022 class, and you think about Tatori McMillan, Noah Fafidi, and then also Jacob Manu, a guy that you got to give a lot of credit, uh, who's really kind of spearheaded their defense only as a sophomore, four and a half sacks, 75 total tackles. Drew, I know it's year three. They feel right on schedule, maybe a little more ahead of schedule than I originally thought. And then you think about Damon Williams, right, in the future already committed in this 2024 class. You feel really good about that. And you think about the possibilities of five-star Elijah Rushing, who was once committed to Arizona. I don't want to rub salt in a really fresh wound, but you think about that, man. Even Elijah Rushing aside, you feel really, really good about what Arizona has done on the field. And, man, credit to Jed Fish, because when Jed Fish got hired, I don't think there were a lot of people singing from the rooftop, wow, Arizona got this right. Here, here we are three years later, and he seems – to be exactly the right dude for the job. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up, Cooper. Do you think it kind of recalibrates people's opinions on retreads, right? We're about to enter this coaching carousel. You said it, Jed Fish, when he was hired. Uh, I think there were a lot of people scratching their heads, myself included. And then now, fast forward, you look at how they have constructed this roster. Not only are they getting it done in the high school ranks, but they're extremely active in the transfer portal. I think they take some of the right guys out of the transfer portal um, at positions where they know talent's going to be available. Jacob Cohen, the wide receiver who has made a ton of plays, you know, he's a guy that they got from the G5 ranks. So I think it's been admirable to watch how that roster has come together. And I think if you're an Arizona fan, um, just with what what the long-term outlook looks like, you got to be excited. You got to be fired up. I, I can't wait to see DeMond Williams, the Elite 11 finalist, and who was previously committed to Ole Miss in that offense because I think he has the ability to make it go like some of these other guys we've seen. Done a good job in the portal as well. Jacob Cohen having a very good year as well. All right, Drew, your team of the week. I'm going to tee you up, like I said. So if you're wondering why I'm talking for Drew, he was in Europe. But, Drew, your team of the week, Alabama. Like I said, they beat LSU 42-28. to And if you did not watch this game, I think you would have a newfound respect for Jalen Milrow if you go back and you turn on the highlights. How about Jalen Milrow? Alabama combined to run for a season-high 288 yards and six touchdowns. Milrow, the first quarterback in school history to rush for four touchdowns in a single game, career-high Three touchdowns in the first half, 155 rushing yards, most by an Alabama quarterback since Tyler Watts in 2001, fifth most all-time by a quarterback. Alabama's defense, like I said earlier in the show, only allowed seven points in the second half, which marked the seventh time across its nine games this season that the Tide has allowed seven or fewer second-half points. So you got to give a lot of credit to Kevin Steele, Alabama, that defense adjusting. Drew, this game was back and forth, especially in the first half. LSU drove down the field with less than a minute and 20, tied it up. 
then come out in the second half. They scored. They go up by seven. The Jaden Daniels injury plus the turnover kind of got away quickly in the fourth quarter from LSU. But, Drew, like I said, I think just kind of praising Alabama for being in this spot when after that South Florida game, it was looking pretty grim. And I don't know if Alabama is going to end up in the CFP. they got to win their next three, like we said, very doable. They control their own destiny in the West and then more than likely a matchup with Georgia to come in the SEC championship. But I think if you were to ask any Alabama fan at this point in time, if you were to be in this position with an opportunity that the West runs through you and you got to beat Georgia, who let's face it, Georgia is arguably the best team in the country, but I don't know if they're that same team in the last two years, right? And I think that's pretty fair to say. Like, who is that elite team? And I guess what I'm saying is the way Alabama's playing, I think that's a winnable game. So if you're an Alabama fan, Drew, right now, I think you feel pretty good about going into the later part of November. So let's go back to that USF game, right? We were kind of wondering what's going on with the Crimson Tide. And then my takeaway, getting the baton from you, I was not able to catch this game because it's impossible to watch college football uh, in in Europe and in Germany. Coop, I like sat down. I was it was like 5 p.m. I'm like, all right, big noon slate here. I'm gonna be able to watch all these games. Nothing on TV. I think billiards was on TV. Then someone told me you gotta watch it on your phone or or whatnot. I, I look at the visitors list for Alabama LSU, and this feels like an Alabama LSU visitors list of old. I mean, it was kind of a who's who. I know they had a few guys in on officials, Elias Williams, the Missouri defensive line commit, who has had an excellent season here in the state of Florida, also had Solomon Williams on in on an unofficial visit. But really, to me, what jumps out is Alabama, the underclassmen that showed up and were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now, and the 2024 cycle has the number five recruiting class. Well, you know, look at 2025. They're number two right now. And there was a ton of guys that we love in that 2025 cycle that were in the stands watching uh, Alabama take care of LSU. I'm talking about Naeem Offord, our number one corner, Caleb Cunningham, uh, wide receiver, five-star wide receiver for us, Micah DeBose, five-star offensive lineman that's committed to Georgia. And then you had Carter Lowe. Top two, four, seven tackle out of Ohio. I, I don't know. I just kind of like look at this recruiting and, and what they're doing in 2025. And then there were some 2026 guys there we like as well. Tyler Atkinson, one of our top players. And I, it has me wondering, you know, does Nick Saban isn't going anywhere. What is he telling these guys, right? Hey, I'm gearing up for a few more runs because I do think that 2025 class are also trending for Zion Grady the uh, five-star defensive lineman, a few crystal ball picks in for him. I mean, Alabama isn't going anywhere. Uh, and I think where the, the strength on the recruiting for, front for them uh, sits right now is in 2025. Uh, and, and I think they were able to supplement that class this weekend, you know, winning in front of those guys. I think that's going to go a long way. I think the other thing that's good for Alabama, especially this year, now you've seen the progress on the field continuity right within the system we talk about the coaching turnover I think that's a, a point that we don't elaborate on enough uh, on enough now Tommy Reese can certainly have another successful season next year and I could see that being a hot name but Kevin Steele has kind of been there done that right so now almost on I don't know a second or third cup of coffee with Alabama I think I don't think he's going anywhere either so 
Drew, I, how, the, the question remains, how much longer can Nick Saban do this? It's kind of funny. Every year we talk about, is he losing his fastball? You see the game against South Florida, saw the game against Texas, see some things happen that haven't happened in his 17-year tenure in Tuscaloosa, and you start to wonder a little bit, all right, maybe the foundation's getting a little bit shaky. And then you see him respond the way that they do, which is why I kind of brought up. I mean, this is one of his best coaching jobs, especially with what they have at the quarterback position. And that's not taking anything away from Jalen Milrow. It just goes the roller coaster that they've been on. I don't know, Drew. What do you think? Another four or five years out of uh, the greatest of all time? <laughs> he just turned 73 on Halloween, correct? 70, yeah, 72 or 73. That's when we would need a McGrady fact check. Wikipedia this morning said 72, but I might be wrong. I think his birthday is Halloween. I, I, I do think that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying if he understands and knows the person, you know, what these recruits are like in 2024 and 2025, you know, I, I don't know, three, four years. I, I, I don't know what he's got in the tank. I feel like we, we go through this dance every single year. All right. You know, is he going to ride off into the sunset? Um, but I, I, I do think the talent that they have committed over the next few years is, is going to be good enough to make it to the college football playoff, especially with that field expanding. Will be a day that will be celebrated, trust me, throughout the SEC conference when that day comes. But I don't think it's coming anytime soon. we got a couple more years, like Drew said. All right, Drew, let's get into freshman of the week. And uh, this is really kind of sponsored by our boy Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports. He does it every week. You can follow him on 247sports.com. But Caden Feagan, Illinois, the true freshman, 22 carries, 89 yards, also had three receptions for 59 yards and a tud against Minnesota. Big win for Illinois as they moved to 4-5 and five on the season. Drew, a little background on him, the number 27 athlete in the country out of the state of Illinois. Three-star for us, 89 overall ranking. You go back, right? You look at the combine. You look at the verified athletic context. 6'2", 217 pounds, six foot five and a half wingspan. He ran a 4.64 at a 30-inch plus vertical jump. He also had a broad jump of nine feet eleven inches. Two-way prospect. Back in high school, placed second in the long jump in 2021. Also finished with 2,300 total yards, 37 touchdowns, 82 tackles, two ints as a senior. Drew, this guy got it done. Guess what he is listed at right now? 6'3", 250 pounds. You turn on the tape, this dude is moving, and this is a player right here. Takes it for 50-plus in the receiving game. Drew, nice find for Illinois. They seem to be the school, Brett Bielema, that we look to and say, I don't want to say head scratchers, but I think we're looking at them a little bit more closely when it comes to the ranking rankings process. Brett Bielema, from his time all the way back at Wisconsin, known for player development and talent ID. Looks like he's got another one here in Caden Feagan. Not only is it talent ID, it's ID that fits what they want to do, right? You know, it, it, anytime Illinois takes a guy, you're like, I get this take for them, right? I could see this guy showing up in Champaign and having success. Earlier in the season, it was Zachary Tobe who I was kicking myself for where I had him ranked and I'd only seen him play, you know, half a game against Florida Atlantic. I'm like, this guy is going to be someone in the big 10 and he's probably going to have a bunch of NFL scouts circling his name just because of the size. The other thing with, with Fegan having such success, we continue to say it. I mean, how easy is it for these running backs to come in and make an impact as true freshmen? It seems like every week there's a different guy that is going off. Kendrick Raphael had its touchdown for NC state against Miami, it remains the easiest position to come in and play right away and not only play, make an impact. 
Um, and I, you know, I think when we rank a running back as a high three star, people are saying we don't think he's good. Look, the reality is there's only so many spots we can have. I think over the past uh, three years, only 20 running backs have been selected on average in the NFL draft. So Fegan for us, guy right outside that range, someone we like and someone that's probably going to have a ton of success in the Big Ten like we just saw. Yeah, that's a volume position when you talk about projecting it to the NFL draft. Pretty interesting there in terms of the patterns and the tendencies that you see from NFL teams. Drew, another name that has stuck out in Minnesota, Darius Taylor, right? Another guy that's had a really good freshman year. Drew, your freshman of the week, Jordan Costell, a guy that you know a little about safety for the Florida Gators. Yeah, really, a bunch of freshmen made it plays for the Gators there on Saturday, and I know they lost to Arkansas in overtime, a bit of a head-scratcher, but Jordan Castile, man, to me, going back to seeing him play as a senior at West Orange High School, we saw him again at the Under Armour All-American game all week. I mean, I this is surprising to me, and I, you know, he's a guy that I thought maybe more corner than safety, and Florida got him on the field early, and now he's playing some of his best football, 10 tackles, or excuse me, 11 tackles against the Razorbacks, also had an interception uh, he's been good. And then how about Kelby Collins, Cooper? One and a half sacks. They're playing him. Florida, as it stands right now, already 12 two freshmen have burned their red shirt. I mean, this class, I know Florida right now, Billy Napier, lots of question marks about his future. They got a difficult three-game stretch coming up. They need to win one of them if they want to make a bowl game. But I do think if you are a Florida fan, right, orange and blue, you have to be excited about this class for the Gators. We mentioned it when they signed that 2023 group. Hey, this is a lot of guys uh, that can make an impact and and be difference makers, multi-year guys in the two deep. I didn't think Jordan Castile would be the guy that has got the most burn so far. Uh, but encouraging, I think, if you're a Florida fan, when you're talking about Billy Napier. You know, the potentially, other... Potentially, you know... Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry to jump on right there. You, the interesting part about Costell is when you go back and you evaluate him from West Orange in high school, I mean, he played primarily corner, right? And this is a guy who's made that transition to safety as a freshman. I think those... That's something that's not talked about a lot, that transition. Very natural for guys, 6'2", 200 pounds plus. I think that helps a lot. You've seen him in coverage, had an interception in this game. A couple pass breakups here as well. Ten tackles, a couple of them assisted. I think he had five solo. But in terms of the instincts, the feel of the game, the natural transition from the corner to the safety spot, I think that's something that's relevant as well. And then, Drew, you talk about Florida, the nucleus of that team. It's their pups, right? Those young guys are going to have to grow up quick. And you talk about Kelby Collins, a guy that we absolutely love. That was a huge get for Florida out of Alabama. Those guys are kind of program changers. They moved the needle a little bit. Eugene Wilson, another one who's played a lot for Florida. So Florida, Billy Napier, yes, five and four, a little bit of a mixed bag on the field. But, Drew, in terms of the future, right, I think over the next two years we'll have a much better idea of what Florida's going to be. They're recruiting well, top five class in 2024 as well. So Billy Napier, Florida, fans there, got a lot to be excited about. And I think the other thing, right, everyone's wondering, how does Florida hold on to this group if they miss a bowl game? I think you point to the fact that, hey, if you come here, we're going to play you. I said, what, 12 guys have already avoided a red shirt. Uh, three more have appeared in four games. Who knows if they're going to be needed in the next three weeks. So out of your, what, 22-man class, 15 of them saw significant snaps. I think if I'm the Gators, I'm Billy Napier, I go to LJ McCray and say, hey, look, we're going to play you, right? Like you are going to play year one. 
come 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 be a part of this. So I, I do think Florida can use that to their advantage on the recruiting trail. Just the fact that how many young guys they've gotten onto the field and how many of them uh, are in key roles. I mean, Eugene Wilson, eight catches, uh, 90 yards, two touchdowns. To me, he, he's their most explosive guy on offense. It's easy to see anytime you watch the Gators. And I, I would think over the next few years, he's going to be a guy they scheme as many touches up for as they can. I love what they're doing at the point of attack, too. I know we're kind of going off the deep end, but you think about Naj Johnson, you talked about Kelly Collins earlier, Cameron James, another guy that we really like a lot, and then, of course, L.J. McCray. So you think about what Florida's doing on the defensive line. That is a developmental position. Those guys might need a year or two to grow into it, but good to see the early returns on Kelby Collins as well. Drew, a couple honorable mentions. Your boy, C.J. Baxter, out of Florida for Texas. Ten carries, 90 yards, touchdown against Kansas State, and they needed every single one. He's got 348 yards on the season, three touchdowns on the ground as well. And then Peter Woods, man, that name that just keeps coming back. The stats aren't guardy. Four total tackles, one solo, three assists. He also graded out 77.8 PFF grade. And if you're wondering what that is, Drew, you turn on the tape and you watch Peter Woods. Not much has changed from his days dominating at Thompson. And this guy, in terms of versatility, where you can play him as a one technique, three technique, and a four down front, he was going against a very, very good Notre Dame offensive line. Guys like Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, anchoring both sides of the line of scrimmage. Drew, the one thing that translates for him when you turn on the tape is obviously the first step explosiveness, but the heavy hands, his ability to consistently penetrate in the backfield. It's hard to see that, especially in young guys. So this is a guy I think we all knew was going to play early. There were some questions about how does that translate to Sundays? We know he can play, right? I, I think that more conversation was coming down. Is he a top 32 player or not? We'll see what happens. But, Drew, he is one of my favorite freshmen to watch. He's one of my favorite players to evaluate. And the other thing that translates, that motor runs hot. Nothing has changed about Peter Woods in that game. Well, that's what I was going to say, right? Who are the top two freshman defensive linemen? It's Peter Woods so far through the season. And then Reuben Bain at Miami, who I think had a, a sack again. Uh, for the Hurricanes in that loss to NC State. I mean, both those guys, what's the scouting report on them? High effort, high motor, get to the quarterback. They consistently do it. Um, so it's not surprising that we're nine, ten weeks into the season that it's it's exactly what we saw on Friday nights. It's what we saw at the Under Armour game in terms of just that motor. I mean, the legs keep pumping well through the whistle. Yeah, position versatile, excellent production, High motor, right? If you if you are looking for the formula for a young defensive lineman to play significant snaps as a freshman, that's it. Peter Woods, Ruben Bain, both of those guys checked all those boxes as seniors in high school as well and throughout their entire high school career. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, a little promo, a little shout-out for the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show with Emily Proud and Blair Angulo. You can find that every Monday and Thursday on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel at 5 o'clock Eastern. They do a phenomenal job. We picked up a little bit of the slack on the freshman segment that they did with Chris Hummer, so we appreciate that as well. All right, Drew, new segment working into the show today, the transaction wire. I'm pretty fired up about this one. So everything that happens over on the recruiting trail, any coaching turnover, anything that might catch our eye, it's going in the transaction wire. And we're going to start with USC. Drew, I think you were in Europe by this time. Bud Elliott came on the show. We talked about coaches on the hot seat. Lincoln Riley wasn't one of those names, but we did talk about the state of the program for USC. We ended up talking more about Alex Grinch in that defense at the end of the day. Lincoln Riley makes the change. Alex Grinch out has been with him for years and years, dating back to his time at Oklahoma. Drew, this was a change that needed to be made, quite frankly. I think you could have made the change two years ago, right? Second year, USC, they haven't been able to turn it around. I'll give you some McNuggies here. USC allowing 34.5 points per game this season. That is second worst among Power 5 teams. Lost three games in the last two years when USC offense scored 42-plus points. Drew, USC, they have three defensive players ranked in the top 247, Marcellus Williams, Camp Fountain, and Elijah Newby. Um, When I think about this, I think immediately of – Short-term ramifications on the field this year, it can't get any worse. I don't have any issue with that. To me, this is such a huge hire because of the timing of going into the Big Ten and the identity of that conference. The other thing about this is if you're Lincoln Riley, when you got that job at USC, to me your mentality has to be it all comes through us in L.A. The West comes through us. It doesn't go through Eugene. It doesn't go through Dan Lanning. It comes through us. The reality right now on the recruiting trail is – It does come through Eugene. It does go through Dan Lanning, and it shouldn't be that way. So we've talked about maybe some of the inadequacies of Lincoln Riley recruiting the state of California. You want to talk about Brandon Baker. You want to talk about Aiden Breland. Those guys are off to go play at Texas, go play at Oregon, and there's more and more examples of that as well. Drew, I hate to say this, but this defense coordinator hire for me, for Lincoln Riley, It has to be, not only can you have the X's and O's and the player development part of this, it almost feels like you got to be the yin to the yang of Lincoln Riley in terms of who's going to bring the toughness, the physicality, the tone-setting nature to this team. He's got to knock this one out of the park, in my opinion. You know who he needs to find is a Dan Lanning of five years ago. For sure. That's what a head coach of the defense that is a killer on the recruiting trail that understands, all right, personnel is what's going to separate us from the rest of the pack. I don't know who that individual is. I haven't had time to assemble a, a short list, but I'd be looking for guys that have come through, whether it's Kirby's tree, Saban's tree, someone that's young and is going to get it, get it done on the recruiting trail. More specifically so in the front seven. I mean, you mentioned Elijah Newby, Cam Fountain. We like those prospects. We like the long-term trajectory but they ain't going to come in and play year one, not in the Big Ten. I mean, they are two, three years away. So where is the impact coming from? And, you know, Bear Alexander, they, they bring him in. I thought it was funny. Bear Alexander posted all these photos on his Instagram account from the Washington game. Some fan commented right below it, hey, didn't you allow the opposing team's running back to almost go for 300 yards on the ground? I, 
I don't know what the answer is at USC, but it seems like that's what they need is just a, a, a killer on the recruiting trail that has a scheme and system that's going to work. I don't know how many of those guys exist, right? That That's kind of the issue. Now it's going to be up to uh, Lincoln Riley and Jim Cohen, the new AD coming over from UW to get this right. But this seems kind of like, uh, I don't know, an inflection point for Lincoln Riley at USC. It's hard to change identities while you're going into your third season. And we've talked about Dan Lanning. We talk about Oregon a lot on this show. They seem to be the one program that is completely hell-bent on building their program like a program that's built like Georgia or Alabama. And I mean that on the offense or defensive line uh, uh, on both sides of the football at the point of attack. We have not seen that from USC. I have no no questions whatsoever about Lincoln Lincoln Riley's ability to put a dynamic offense together, especially starting at the quarterback position. I think he's one of the best quarterback developers of talent in the country. But defensively, Andrew, this is this is not new, right? This has gone back to his time at Oklahoma. And to me, this says more about Lincoln Riley than it does Alex Grinch, that he has enabled this over the last couple of years. And now you see the culture. I mean, there's this clip of Alex Grinch, right, breaking the huddle defensively against Washington. There's not one player responding to him at all. So to me, I bring up culture. I bring up intangibles. I bring up all those things because you're going to need somebody to be a leader of that group. And for a while now, it seems like USC and Lincoln Riley have been saying, okay, you know what, if we got to, if we got to, Score 56 points with Caleb Williams going absolutely nuclear, then it is what it is, and that's what we got to do. But the problem is, teams have caught up. Oregon with Bo Nix, Washington with Michael Penix, right? These guys can kind of match you toe for toe now. So, going to be fascinating what Lincoln Riley and the Trojans do there as well. Drew, any final thoughts on that one before we move on? Well, I wanted to ask you is this showing that you can't build a defense through transfer portal additions? I don't know. I think at some point, go ahead. I think at some point you gotta, you gotta have guys that have been there, right? That you've recruited, that have been sitting in the meetings for two years, that are ready to go and step up. You know. I agree. For whatever reason, I think culture is, culture in organic team building on the defensive side of the ball is so stim- important. It's different than offense. It's not as plug and play. Right, you got to have the continuity. You look at LSU right now; a lot of transfers on that defense. You wonder about the pride of that room that used to be called DBU. Is that there? Does that exist? You wonder on the defensive line that would have been what has been one of the best units over the last decade. Is that there for for the Bengal Tigers and Baton Rouge? I don't know. They brought in a lot of transfers. I get why they're doing it. Brian Kelly took over 39 scholarships, and you know what? In fairness to Lincoln Riley. He took over a team that needed a lot of roster turnover as well and a lot of expectations for both those programs. But I think you're right. I don't know if there is a Band-Aid fix to some of these positions that are premium positions. We've seen Colorado offensive line. It's not the same, right? I think these are things that you got to get down, got to get dirty, and you got to address in high school, and you got to bring these guys up, and you got to develop them as well. So be interesting to see what happens with USC, Lincoln Riley, after the departure of defensive coordinator Alex Grinch drew a couple more things happening in the college football world the college football recruiting world I should say Courtney Crutchfield the number 56 player in the country number 11 receiver he decommits from Arkansas he's from the state of Arkansas Missouri now leads on the crystal ball and if you've been following college football recruiting or you're a fan of this show you know Ryan Wingo just went to the University of Texas in 
Ryan Wingo, one of the best players in the country, number five player overall, number two receiver. If you're not familiar with him from the St. Louis area, he's taking his talents elsewhere. Drew, the first thought that came to my mind is if Eli Drinkwitz is able to get Courtney Crutchfield, that is a hell of a consolation prize. This is a guy that you and I really like. I mean, a multi-sport background, basketball, track and field as well, plays both ways, three-phase player, 6'2", 175. He's a little bit raw, man, but he's just got some natural juice that is really hard to find. This would be a huge pickup for Missouri. High-hipped with bounce. You know, that that's that's the initial two scouting words or three scouting words on Courtney Crutchfield. Remember him at the uh, OT7 finals out there, Coop? We were talking about, man, Razorbacks offense. You got Courtney Crutchfield, Nor- uh, Norrell White. Now both those guys aren't even going to end up in a Razorbacks uniform. Uh, no. And I think it's an easy sell for Missouri. It's an excellent pivot. And you're absolutely right. It's not much of a, hey – you know, consolation prize that'll look like that. But if, if Courtney Crutchfield is your plan B, I mean, you are recruiting at a, a, a very high level, I think. And you sell him on being another Luther burden. And there's been some other young pass catchers that have gotten on the field for the Tigers. You know, I think this is proactive recruiting, even though it's a little, looks a little react reactionary, but proactive for Missouri. Yeah. It's uh it's a good way to put it. It's reactive in the fact that they had a plan. Maybe they're not going in this direction. If Ryan Wingo ends up staying with the black and gold, he ends up going to Texas. You got an Arkansas team that's three and six. They're kind of limping towards the finish line right now. Got a big win over Florida. And then you're kind of scouring commit lists. You see this guy, Courtney Crutchfield, and you say, hey, he kind of fits us a little bit. And you know what? Missouri might be looking in their wallet and say, we've got a little bit of cash that we can use right now as well. Courtney Crutchfield, if that happens, would be a huge get for Missouri. Drew, another decommitment, Braylon Burnside, the number 21 athlete in the country, number nine player in the state of Mississippi, out of Starkville. He decommits from Mississippi State. Mississippi State under Zach Arnett, they have the number 46 ranked recruiting class according to the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. We talked about it last week with Bud Elliott. Zach Arnett, the buyout, lowest of the power five, only four and a half million dollars. Mississippi State, they're four and five right now. They're at A&M this week. Southern Miss at home, and then Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. I don't know, Drew. It kind of feels like it could be one and done. I think it's going to depend on the finish. If Zach Arnett can get bowl eligible, maybe that buys him another year. You know, the other thing about this is Mississippi State, they got a new AD, right? Zach Selman came in just a few weeks after Zach Arnett was hired. I don't know, Drew. It's tough to, it's tough to hire a coach let him go after one year, but given the circumstances surrounding Mike Leach and everything that transpired, I talked about the AD as well, adding in that context. You think about uh, the $4.5 million buyout, it almost seems like Mississippi State kind of knew. One-year trial run, we'll see what happens, and if we need to get out of this, there's certainly the flexibility to do so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of Mississippi State's recruiting class you've watched – but I think there's room to panic a little bit, R- room to sound the alarms a little bit. You said it, group ranks 46. Their top-ranked commit for us is Jimothy Lewis, offensive lineman out of IMG Academy, and he's not starting for IMG uh, this fall in that starting five. He's actually getting reps on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, it's ranked 46, but I, I don't know how many guys are actually ready to go 
day one type of individuals like they had last cycle with a few different guys. I, I think this is concerning. And st- what is this? He goes by Stonka Burnside. Isn't that his Stonka nickname? Burnside, correct. Yeah, third decommitment, second in the past few weeks for them. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They're also, you know, I wonder if there's any motivation to maybe make a change earlier before early signing day. We mentioned that signing day, I think, is a week later than it was previously, December 20th, just one week before Christmas. Gives you a little extra time. If there is a guy like Burnside who's maybe teetering a little bit that you could get back in the boat. Drew, a name that we mentioned, Dan Mullen. I don't know. I, I, you, you come from the Florida background. To me, it almost seems more appealing at Dan Mullen at this point of his career. You throw in the NIL factor a little bit. He's been there. He's had success. Knows what it is. The other part of this, Drew, I feel like Ole Miss is kind of getting whatever they want within the state as well. You need to add a little bit of resistance there. That's a guy that knows how to win there. It depends on your expectations. Maybe they don't want to go back that route again. I don't know. I kind of think it's worth uh, evaluating that option. Oh, that's that's uh... – I was going to ask you, do you have a name that jumps out to you? Yeah, that was one. I think if you wanted to go a different route, I think somebody like John Summerall at Troy is a, a really good fit as well. You know, I think it all comes down to talent ID. That's a very, I don't want to say difficult place to recruit, um, but it is a fascinating place to recruit. And what I mean by that is I think if you do it the right way, Mississippi State is one of those intriguing jobs. And now, like I said, I, I think that's a program willing to kind of spend some coin I'd be fascinated whoever's in there next. I think Mississippi State can actually be, uh, I don't want to say a contender within the SEC West, but a team that can be a nuisance for sure, push for eight, nine wins this season. So we'll see what happens there. Drew, a couple other D commitments. Jamarian Fat Burnett is what they call him, the number 17 running back in the country, number 14 player in the state of Alabama. He decommits from Auburn. Drew, he's only played in six games this season, been dealing with an ankle injury. 80 carries, 573 yards, eight touchdowns. He is a big dude at Hubbard, around 220 pounds. You think about Auburn a little bit, Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston, Jeremiah Cobb, they all have eligibility remaining. Auburn, they've also been working at chipping away on top 247 running back in Miami commit Kevin Riley. I don't know, Drew, you dig into it a little bit. Maybe it was just a uh, not a mutual fit, but I, I, I think this guy, change of pace, short yardage, goal line, I think he's going to be able to find a home pretty quickly. I think it just goes back to what we mentioned running backs earlier in the show. I, I, to me, I mean, we have scouted and, and discussed this group, like how many true elite running backs do we feel like there are in the 2024 cycle? I think there's a big bunch of them when you start getting into that four star, you know, the guys that are ranked 10 through 20. I mean, have your pick and Auburn should be able to find a guy. Uh, to me, Jamarian Burnett, more of a, committee type of running back. I'm not sure he's a a featured ball carrier. If I'm a Tigers fan, I don't think I'm concerned uh, about what they have there in the room and what they've had in the room. Uh, And then you look at that offense, right? You got Walker White coming in. Um, There's some pieces there. So to me, this this is I don't don't know if we wanted this segment to be like panic or or whatnot. (laughs) But I'm not, I'm not losing much sleep on Jamarian Burnett opening things back up. Yeah, sure. If you're an Auburn fan, I think Auburn's done a really good job. you got to give a lot of credit to Hugh Freeze, the job that they've done year one there in the 2024 cycle, kind of getting to work. And you mentioned Kevin Riley, a couple other names that they're working on as well at the running back position. Cadillac Williams has certainly proved himself as one of the better position recruiters in the SEC as well. Drew, we talked about the good with Missouri now time for the not-so-good. Cam Dooley, number 62 athlete in the country out of the state of Alabama. He decommits 
from the Tigers. Kentucky currently has 100% of the crystal ball confidence there. Drew, 18-8 and eight on the hardwood as a junior. This guy plays safety. I think he's going to grow into a linebacker long-term. Listed at 6'4", 200 pounds. That's unverified. We don't have any verified information on him other than the fact he's a baller on the hardwood. I think he's a baller on the gridiron, too, man. I love this kid. Long, rangy, reactionary, sudden, will strike you. You see him here playing the deep third as well. I think he's just going to continue to grow, kind of inch up towards the line of scrimmage. Drew, you see he's listed at receiver, 24-7 sports. We got him listed as an athlete. Like I said, I think long-term linebacker. Whether you're Missouri, whether you're Kentucky, wherever this kid lands, I think they got something in, in Cam Dooley. Heck of a senior season for him. I'd be fired up if he ended up in Kentucky's class because I think it's already shaping up to be one of the top front seven groups. You have the Jacob and Jared Smith, right? Brian Robinson. Um, you have Elijah Groves, top two, four, seven linebacker for us. Uh, then you also got Antoine Smith, one of the t fastest linebackers out there in the uh, 2024 cycle. I mean, he's getting went four, four on the lasers. Mark Stoops, that defensive staff or that defensive staff, they do an excellent job, I think, on that side of the ball and and getting guys that, hey, you know, might not be clean projections right away, but they have developmental upside and they have traits. I think Cam Dooley just fits right into that bucket for the Wildcats. So interested to see where he goes. I believe Maryland's also offered a scholarship, Wisconsin. You know, how about the Badgers getting down into Alabama and trying to make a move for some guy? Uh, but I'm a fan of Cam Dooley as well, Cooper. He's actually one of the few guys, the last guys I watched before I jumped on the plane to go over to Europe. I, I agree with your assessment, fired up, and I believe we're going to see him in the Alabama-Mississippi game. I think he's someone that could walk out of there, you know, as a riser in the rankings. He can definitely make some money. Kentucky's one of those, like, people – I think maybe look at Kentucky and they see the success year in and year out that Mark Stoops has. Does a great job in the Midwest, does a great job in Ohio. But these type of ID evaluations, recruitments, we've seen what he's done with the Smith brothers as well. These are the ones that kind of put Kentucky over the top, Drew. They do a great job there. So UK, team to keep an eye on for Cam Dooley. Drew, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I got nothing, man. I'm just ready to be able to watch some actual uh... – football this upcoming weekend in the uh in the states I'm, I'm finishing up my uh top performers right now from europe so be sure to stay locked to 24 7 sports to see that story but again man what what an experience it was getting a chance to interact with those individuals i need you to get a good nap did you get a workout in this morning by the way I have not, man. I've not. I, it was an early call. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in the gym, to be honest. I'm proud of you, buddy. You deserve some sleep. Guys, just a quick reminder. going to promo here. Our show on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Also, the college football recruiting show. You can find that Monday and Thursday at 5 o'clock Eastern time. The Oyster Boys will be Tuesday and Wednesday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Also, leave us a like on there as well. And if you have a question for tomorrow's show, get in that chat. I'll be on there as well, and we can figure out which way we want to go and what we want to talk about for tomorrow's show. Guys, we appreciate it, as always. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.